quick survey of the most recent data confirms something that most people already know. Social media is massively influential in our society. I mean, our everyday experience more than likely bears this out, but let's highlight a few statistics to make the finer point. In 2020, there were 4.14 billion social media users worldwide, and that number is actually trending toward 4.2 billion by the end of 2021. Now, that represents a 31.4% increase since 2018 and a 332.99% increase since 2010. In the United States alone, there are over 223 million social media users, which is about 68% of the total U.S. population. But what about social media a little more narrowly defined? Well, if you take Twitter, for example... On average, about 500 million tweets go out daily from Twitter's 371 million users. But of course, Facebook reigns supreme in the social media world, boasting 2.73 billion active users as of February of this current year. And when you break it down even further than that, you look at individual users. Individual users have an average of 8.4 social network profiles, on which they spend an average of two hours and 41 minutes a day. Now, what are all these social media users doing on their preferred networks? Or maybe a better way to ask the question is, what are the stated reasons for all of this social media use? I mean, we call it social media, so it would seem that there would be a large social component motivating people's use of the medium. And in fact, there is. For example, 21.3% of users say they use social media to meet new people. 26.8% use it for general networking, and then 33% say they use it as a way to stay in touch with friends. So there definitely is a social component. But none of those obviously social motivations ranked at the top of the list of reasons given for social media use. What is the number one reason? 36.5% of users say that they use social media for news and current events. So what does all this add up to? Well, many things, of course, but one thing for sure. The use of social media is not driven by content production, but rather by content consumption. And that consumption is taking place on a massive scale. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Richard Goff, and in just a moment... I'll be joined by Dr. Shane Kohler, teaching pastor at Faith Community Church in Woodstock, Georgia. And we're going to begin a new episode in a new Building Faith podcast series on social media. In this first episode in the series, Pastor Shane will get us started with an important discussion about our social media use and the need for Christians to exercise biblical discernment and caution in choosing the content we consume. So please stay tuned. All right, Shane, so it's been a while since we were together uh, recording a podcast like this, but I do remember the last time we were together, we uh, tipped off everyone that we would be entering into another podcast series, but the focus of this next one is going to be on social media, but... Since we had that last podcast, you might not know this, but all the problems around social media have been solved since then. Well, and the reason is 
taken so long is I've been, you know, in deep uh, thought and meditation over a couple of really profound uh, Instagram posts. <laughs> you know, it takes a, lot, a while to digest all that, you know, rich yeah. content. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, it really goes without saying that this is a, well, it's a huge subject. I mean, it's it's just an enormous, I mean, you could come at it from a whole bunch of different angles. But um, obviously we have particular interest in the implications of social media on the body of Christ and on, on believers and not just implications of it, but the effects of it in many ways. And how, what, what are some of the consequences of whatever we're doing with social media? It's fast moving. You know, I, I think even 12 months ago, you and I may not have imagined ourselves having a conversation like this yeah. on a podcast and, and with, with maybe so much urgency and concern. If you back up, uh, you know, five years ago, I would say, it really started to get the attention of you know some serious writing, and then you go back you know even seven eight years ago there were just a handful of people who were starting to worry about this. So you know it's I guess it would be safe to say that it's only been a broader concern for about half a decade. Yeah. But the last twelve months, at least in my mind, I think the minds of a lot of other people have just become a flashing siren light in in uh, my mind for the implications it has for Christians in the church. Yeah. And there's there's some cautions here too when you begin to talk about this subject because you could immediately s- start to sound like, you know, anti-technology, anti-social media, you know, kind of a Lud- the old luddites. I don't know if people yeah. know what the luddites are, but but these people who have some kind of fear of technology or whatever. And, and um, so I just want to make the statement off the bat that this, that's not the intent of what we're going to be discussing and certainly not what's in our hearts and our minds, but there are profound concerns to be addressed. Yeah. I think the point that you make is really good because with the advent of technology, there have always been sort of those people that were, uh, you know, anti whatever it was. And, and, and yet uh, two things happen. The technology came regardless of what Christians thought. Right. And eventually, uh, you know, Christians did have sort of adapted and figured out ways to utilize the technology in healthier uh, ways. And so we don't want to be just sort of the the uh, hyper-conservative, out-of-touch, you know, whatever it might be, to tell everyone, you know, all new things are bad. All new technology is bad. That's the last thing that we want to do. And I think, you know, you and I, we we, we try to engage new technology in, in whatever ways that we can find useful. So we're not anti right. even social media. Right. Uh, but we do see some significant uh, dangers for Christians that don't think carefully about it. Yeah. It's like a lot of things. And, you know, you can't drive on the road any way you want, but we're thankful that we have that kind of transportation. Yeah. So this yeah. is... And there were there were actually uh, people, there were Christians who were against the automobile right. when it first came out. Right, right. Uh, the, I, I can't imagine anyone right now, you know, not many people yeah. who um, are that way. So, you know, we, we want to talk about, uh, you know, this issue from, as you said, a number of attack, it's kind of from a, n- a number of angles over probably a couple podcasts. And, uh, and so we've got some things that we want to talk about today uh, that... Uh, may uh, be helpful, hopefully, to most people. 
Um, but if we don't touch on certain subjects today, there will be future podcasts coming when we're going to talk about, you know, other subjects. But, you know, the reason that, 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 like I said, the reason that we're here is because, you know, we're entering into 2021. We just finished a presidential election. But even leading into the presidential election, there were mass, there was massive unrest across our nation, a lot of it driven um, by social media by images that were captured on mobile phones and broadcast out across the nation initially from an individual's mobile phone on a, a live feed or a you know a Facebook feed or Instagram feed um, or you know passed on by Twitter or you know whatever it might be and uh, and that has spawned a lot of of uh, animosity uh, and hateful speech, and maybe more concerning for 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 us is it's led to some of the greatest division within the evangelical church that I have ever seen mm. or could imagine among uh, people that just a couple of years ago uh, would have appeared to be fellow soldiers in the same cause. Yeah. So like from, if you look at it from a, a leadership or pastoral perspective, attending the same conferences and reading a lot of the same books and in sort of in forum discussions around matters of concern about ministry or theology or, or the church or whatever. Yeah. And, and people that uh, you would have kind of assumed, uh, you know, may have had some different ideas about the world and life, but you may have assumed they would work through them yeah. in a, uh, a, 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 I guess you might say, a mature way. And uh, I think there are a lot of people who have been caught up in the rhetoric. I think there's also a lot of people who have just stood back with some you know, sense of, of um, shock and dismay that, that the just that these things are happening, yeah. you know, that the, these people seem to be in some cases even talking past one another and uh, just wondering, you know, what, what is this all going to mean in the long run? You know, you go out, outside the uh, evangelical church and there are, um, you know, there are instances uh, and occasions where uh, social media has led to sort of extremism uh, that has created violence uh, out of conspiracy theories. Mm. Uh, at the same time, you know, we ha- we see social media uh, companies censoring right. people, and we're frightened and, and shocked by that as well. Uh, and, you know, we, uh, we, we, we all probably have come across rumors and, uh, you know, hearsay and, and shocking headlines or even sometimes images that it that just hits us so fast and furious that it leaves our heads spinning and our hearts sunk. Mm. So that's kind of what I wanted to uh, kind of drill down in a little bit today. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to go on in future in future podcasts to talk about things like time management, uh, stewardship, addiction, the power of social media, uh, you know, uh, issues like that. But today, I, I wanted us to. <laughs> Sort of uh, put our foot in the water, if you will, in the in the bigger picture 
of the way that we talk as Christians. Social media is a communication medium, and uh, and so therefore, all that the Scripture says about the way we communicate uh, ought to be applicable, you yeah. know, in that realm. And you know, there probably are a few better places to 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 address this issue than Ephesians chapter four, which you know, at the end of that chapter, gives a whole um, a, a whole list of the the kinds of the kinds of attitudes and qualities that God would have us have in our communication, uh, where he says in verse 29, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So maybe our first application is just pin that to the top of your social media. <laughs> I was just going to say this just really doesn't get at it because it says it says specifically let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. <laughs> not, so, not off of your your thumbs. Your keyboard. Yeah, yeah that's your thumbs, right. That's right. Uh, yeah. So you know we under, we have, we have to kind of uh, recognize that we have a mandate. You know Jesus says that uh, we will give an account for every idle word. Mm. That comes from so there, there's there's uh, there's no excuse for being flippant and uh, you know and casual about the way that you think about your activity on social media, but the reality is a lot of people, um, you know, if we're honest, a lot of people are not content producers on social media, but an awful lot of people are consumers. Mm-hmm. So what I want us to think about today is not only our responsibility about you know the way that we communicate but also how can we become discerning as Christians about those whose content we consume mm. is it appropriate is it godly you know is it something that ought to be swaying and impacting us now I, you know i think just there's so many things that you could unpack in terms of of uh communication but if you just think about a couple of basic basic principles. Uh, To begin with, there's such a premium when it comes to biblical communication, such a premium put on good listening, Mm. which it's almost antithetical to the whole whole idea of social media. It is in many ways a one-sided affair. Even people who open up comments sections, um, you know, don't often respond to those comments, or if they do, they sort of descend into, um, you know, sort of, a, um, well, just an unedifying back and forth, uh, you know, uh, condescending, name-calling, those kinds of things. But even uh, even in, in, a, in a bigger scheme, listening, good listening, actually involves good questions. Mm. You know, we, we talk about listening... But we don't mean just sort of the intake of the sound waves that's coming from someone's lips. Good listening actually involves an inquisitiveness mm. to make sure that you understand what the other person is saying. You know, one of the things that I think every great theologian and thinker would tell you is that that uh, the challenge that we have in uh, in a you know our pluralistic society is first and foremost defining terms. 
when you start talking about something, one of the things you really want to do is make sure that you understand what people are talking about. You know, if somebody says, well, you know, we, we really need, um, you, we really need investment in transportation. And you're thinking, wow, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I get in a traffic jam every day. I mean, if they, if they could have seven lanes instead of three lanes, I mean, that would make my life so much better. Well, the other person is not talking about paving more asphalt lanes. They're right. talking about, you know, a high-speed rail or right. something like that. Right. And you might be completely, you know, talking on different ways, thinking that you're talking about the same thing because you haven't defined what transportation you're talking about. So the same thing happens all the time in in worldview, in theology, in all of those things. So to be a good listener, you've got to be a good question asker. And, and yet social media does not lend itself very well to that. You know, as you're, as you're describing this and you're talking about um, this, I mean, not being flippant, no idle word, you know, I mean, no, no corruptive talk or no, no, I mean, you're going to be judged for every word. These kinds of things, there's a sobering reality here that, um, that the medium itself also doesn't lend itself to. Like we, we can, we can think about even our consumption and or production of content on social media as something that is not that serious. Yeah. There's not a sobriety even about the way the medium kind of lands on us. Um, that might even contribute to our our irresponsible communication or our lack of listening or whatever, because the medium itself kind of lessens the standard. Yeah, and 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 maybe on any given day, some things that are posted can be trivial. You know, someone taking a picture of their half-eaten brownie. <laughs> but what we saw over the last twelve months is that it it ramps up very quickly. Yeah, in 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 all kinds of of uh, accusations. And, you know, we have to be mindful. The scripture says in Proverbs 18, two, two, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his own opinion. Hmm. I mean, that, that is like a one sentence condemnation. We don't have enough room on our phones to post all these yes, verses. Yes. So I think, you know, just we need to be mindful that when we are engaging in social media, that... We want to be reading content from good listeners. And I think it should be obvious that the listening is not normally going to take place okay, in the you need, medium. You need to say that again. We need to be reading content from good listeners. Yes. That's counterintuitive if you don't think about it. Yes. Yeah, because the listening is not going to take place on the social media. Yeah. That's what you have to realize, that that in order for someone to the, to post, uh, you know, something that's worth reading, they have got to have spent some time thinking, mm-hmm. and they themselves needed to spend some time reading. And thankfully, there are some people out there that do that. You know, they they consume a lot of content and they read a lot of good books and they can interact, you know, fairly, um, you know, intelligibly, but the. The reality is a lot of people are just hastily responding to whatever the headline is, whatever the sort of the flashpoint is, they're racing out there to be one of the first people to comment on it. And that's just a toxic, toxic recipe. 
Well, the, the, the medium feeds that kind of, that kind of activity. Yeah. And, and yet the Proverbs say, Proverbs 29, do you see a man who's hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. <laughs> Or, you know, of course, we know, you know, Proverbs uh, 18, verse 13, if anyone gives an answer before he hears, it's folly and shame. So you keep hearing this. The, sc- the scripture keeps using this word fool, folly, fool, the folly. Problem, the problem with Proverbs is that it's so unclear. <laughs> it's, it's hard to know what what's really being said. I mean, how much more pointed can it get, right? I've, I've often thought about, you know, how the enemy um, has almost constructed an, a, a, you know, a, a medium here that is designed to do everything Proverbs tells you not to do. That's right. Uh, it's the almost the perfect tool. But, you know, again, I, I don't want to come across as completely anti-social media. There are some people who, uh, you know, from, from who are able to interact with certain things because they have spent the time understanding an issue. And it is helpful sometimes to get their their feedback. You know, good at... A good illustration, uh, for me anyway, although a lot of people may not be as familiar with this, uh, but you know, over the last few years, there have been some pretty serious discussions going on within the theological world about the Trinity. And there are some people who are, you know, you might say Trinitarian scholars. And I, I am interested to kind of hear what they say as this debate unfolds. But what I'm not really interested in is to hear every sort of uh, uh, fanboy <laughs> of some celebrity preacher mm-hmm. throwing in his two cents right. when you know all he really has read has has been you know 140 characters right. on someone's post, right? And uh, it just kind of feeds into a very unhealthy, you know, kind of environment. That's just a microcosm of what takes place. Yeah, everybody's an expert now. Yes, just because they read a few posts, and they're very hasty to kind of, yeah. you know, position themselves mm-hmm. in in these discussions. And it's just not, it's not wise. You know, the scripture says, "Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance." Or, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whenever you get, get insight. That's always been a really profound verse to me there in Proverbs 4, 7. The beginning of wisdom is to realize you don't have wisdom. Yep. Yeah, the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. Yep. That's really what it's saying. Yep. And, uh, and so there's not a lot of people, you know, that, that kind of approach that uh, their, their, their posting with that sort of assessment. Basically saying, you know, I'm I'm really not someone to listen to <laughs> on this particular point. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, Proverbs 15, 14 says, but the mouth of fools feed on folly. Mm. Now there's a statement for social media. The mouth of fools feeds on the previous folly that they just read in someone else. Or you could say it this way that the posting of fools is the reposting of other fools. Mm. I mean, they're just, there's just very little filter that, it, that, we, that we put on. So, so we just the, the, the whole space is full of a lack of hearing and a, an abundance of hastiness. And so I want to pay attention. When I'm sort of building my feed, if you will, I want to pay attention to not fill my feed with hasty worded people. Mm. 
I want to be very selective about you know, what I put in there because that stuff can affect me. Even if I'm a discerning person, that stuff can affect me. And uh, you know, when you have a heightened, tense situation like a, a political campaign with a lot of rhetoric, and political campaigns have had rhetoric for decades— but then you post, I mean, you you, uh, you add that in that just a stream of hastily worded, ill, sort of ill-researched ideas. Yeah. It, it feeds into exactly what the proverb says you should not be feeding into, where you are feeding yourself on folly. Or we would say this way, you are consuming folly. You're consuming post. And they're foolish post. You don't want to do that, the proverb says. You know, the interesting thing, too, about thinking about this from the standpoint of proverbs is that, you know, it's comprised of axioms, wisdom sayings that are axiomatic that that have applicability across a society as much as they have applicability to a confessing believer or one of God's people. And so when you think about the effects of, of our own as believers, as our own uh, interaction with social media, our consumption practices, um, we are, we are participants in really a degrading or a lowering of discourse in general in society at large. And the very thing that we want to kind of complain about or have fears about or whatever, we're sort of, we're sort of contributing to in ways. Well, and that, you know, is a great point because we ought to be pushing in the other direction. Yeah. Uh, all of these proverbs that talk about being a good quality listener, what they're really saying is that a mature uh, believer ought to be someone who does linear thought really well. Mm. And what we have become are people who do punctiliar thought. Punctiliar basically just means momentary. You know, it's just sort of confined in a single moment. And we have become people who don't do linear thought. You know, a, a premise is established, and then you build on the premise, you know, with other sort of premises so you build up to a complete and whole idea. We just kind of have these random sort of floating assertions yeah. that are out there. I was going to say, I'm going to need a minute to engage in some linear thought about the meaning of punctiliar. <laughs> That's a great I word. Have prepped you with a with a, with a dictionary. That's a great uh, word, though. I love it. But but you know that's that's what's concerning really for the next generation is you know these 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 posts and and these issues sometimes that get thrown out there, especially when it comes to national politics and social issues and worldview things and racial uh, social justice issues. They're weighty and and Christians ought to be able to uh, you know sort of build these these linear strains of of sound uh, biblically grounded and and um, I guess you might say peer vetted you know kind of thoughts where you're really dialoguing with uh, important ideas and 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 linking them back to the text of scripture from multiple points, not just not just a proof text, you know, pulled out of context somewhere. 
And uh, we just don't do have, we don't do that. We can't do that on social media. And uh, we're not training another generation. We're, we're, we're training them to think about these weighty, important matters in this punctiliar fashion. Mm. And, uh, and we ought to be pointing them in exactly the opposite direction. Yeah. To say, you know, racial issues, those are, those are very important issues. And thankfully, they're, they're issues the church has thought about a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they can't articulate everything they've thought about them in 100 characters. Hmm. And so we ought to be pushing back against that and saying, this is, this is almost too important. You know, it, you know economics and, and you know, economic theory is uh, is significant. There's even some Christian sort of foundations to the way you think about that, but you can't deal with it in a, in a post. Yeah. Um, you know, even uh, you know, even things like morality. Uh, you know, issues such as scandals that hit the church, and you want to go out there and you want to say some quick little thing about it. Some you know well-known leader falls into moral scandal. And uh, even that needs to be dealt with on a more robust level yeah. than just 140 characters. Yeah. So there's just a whole number of things that, that require more linear thought. And, and so we need to think very seriously about how we are training ourselves and the generation around us as Christian thinkers uh, and how we engage the culture. Because if we don't, then we have nobody but ourselves to blame when the culture overwhelms the church mm. because the church is untrained in how to respond with a depth of Christian thought to the issues of the day. Yeah. I mean, the, the principles you find in Scripture that are, that are centered on how we grow in depth of character and depth of the knowledge of God in... The, you know the faithful application of his truth in the world. Um, those disciplines center around quietness of mind, of listening, of um, being s- slow to speak. I mean, all these principles of that you're you're talking about. Um, scripture points us in a completely different direction than what the current climate is around social media. Mm-hmm. Punctiliar thinking, you know, assertions, um, thinking you know more than you do basically because you read a few posts. These kinds of things are just so countervailing ideas, such countervailing ideas than what you see in Scripture as it relates to how we grow and our depth of understanding of who God is and what He's called us to and how we should obey and and flesh out our salvation and these kinds of things. Just the exact opposite. Well, you know, we, uh, I know we're out of time today, but when we come back next time, I want to kind of drill down to one of those sort of mandates, uh, which is really a love of truth. Mm. We cannot be sort of superficial when it comes to thinking about what is true and what is speculative and, and how that impacts us in social media. So maybe next time we get together, we can kind of explore that a little bit more, but but if you, if you don't hear anything else from today, what I really want to challenge us to do is to think about paring back our feed, hmm. paring back you know, our, who we're following and whether or not they're healthy for us and whether we need to unfollow some people 
who are not communicating in a Christian way, even if they are a Christian, but they're not communicating in a Christian way and maybe kind of limiting ourselves to people who are, first of all, good listeners. Mm. And then, and then that makes them better communicators, even on social media. Mm. That's great counsel. So we'll look forward to, uh, our next time together and kind of taking this a little bit further, but, uh, so far so good, man. I'm really enjoying this. Look forward to being together again soon. Thanks. Thanks.